But for you, it's really started to bring up some questions about product market fit, your brand positioning, who your customer is. Because now that you're working with an external team and money's on the line, right? It's sort of this idea of, am I doing this right? Am I attracting the right people? Am I marketing in the right place? Because it's not just us posting on social and like being like willy-nilly. It's not costing me anything more than my time. It's actually going to cost something. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Snyder, and this is the Product Boss Podcast. I've helped launch and grow thousands of product-based businesses, even one of my own. And over the last 20 years, I've seen behind the scenes of businesses just like yours. Whether they are makers, manufacturers, artists, or food and beverage businesses, I have spent so many hours studying it all. I've discovered what makes them successful. What are mistakes they could avoid? How did they turn an idea into successful business? and what are strategies they have used to make more sales and be discovered by more customers. This is what this show is all about. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to become a million dollar product boss, I'm here to give you the permission to chase your dreams, no matter how big or small. All you need is the right mindset, a little courage, strategy, and support, and you too can be the next million dollar product boss. Let's do this. Hey friends, I want to interrupt the podcast for one second just to talk to you about something. Your sales software shouldn't be a bummer. When you step inside your CRM, you should feel equipped to do your best work. Like you're sitting in the pilot seat with easy to use and powerful controls. And that's the magic of HubSpot Sales Hub. The new Sales Hub is designed to help you win quarter over quarter and year over year. With an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI-powered tools that reduce your workload, managing leads is a lot less like manual labor. And closing deals, it's no big deal at all. Wrangle your day-to-day tasks on a seamless platform that make navigating contacts, calls, and analytics easy. Get AI-powered tools like ChatSpot that are tailor-made to be personal assistants for your CRM. Just prompt it to pull up a contact sum up last week's sales or research your competitors. By automating steps across the sales pipeline, teams can take back their time and spend it on more impactful tasks like connecting with customers. Close more deals and get on track for your best Q1 yet. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at hubspot.com sales. Hey, Product Boss, we are back with another coaching session. And today I'm speaking with Valerie of Brennan Candle Co. She's in my Inner Circle Mastermind and has been a multi-stream machine student for the past couple of years. In fact, she's one of our success stories, where she hit $100,000 in her first year of business while battling cancer using what we teach inside of Multi-Stream Machine. I mean, this woman is truly remarkable, and I'm honored to work with her and know her. Now, she's recently started hiring and outsourcing to scale even further. One of those hires has been a team member to run her in-person markets. I mean, hands up if you wish you could hire someone to do the in-person markets for you. Am I right? And at the size of her business, she's actually ready to hire an ad marketing agency, which brings up an interesting question. When your brand is you, how do you scale your own personality? We take this opportunity of putting some money behind ads in a big way to hone in on who her target market is, finding her message, and then bottling up what makes Valerie and Brennan Candle Co. special. 
so she can make sure that she stays on brand while scaling her company. We cover a lot, so let's get into it. You're in the mastermind right now with us, and I've worked with you, I feel like, for years, right? Did you start? You started as an MSM student, and then... I did. Yeah. In 2021, very beginning of 2021. Yeah. And then I remember like you told us you had hit six figures in like your first year selling candles. And then I think we had some other programs that you joined us in. So I've been really excited that I've been able to work so closely with you in the mastermind. And so when at this time when we're kind of recording in this season, it's the holiday season and it's fall. And that's sort of the time for you where candles, it's your season, right? It's go time. It is. <laughs> how is it going? Like, how do you feel this year is going for you? It's been good. You know, I've, for the first time I brought on somebody to help with production right now, they're really just doing labeling stuff. And they also help me with like packages. So just having that has been really helpful. Just getting those things off my plate. They came yesterday and I was just like, wow, it's amazing what I can get done with basically two of me. (laughs) (laughs) It took you a long time to hire too, right? You kind of were doing it all yourself. Yeah, it did. I was I outsourced my shipping for a bit to like a fulfillment center and then I brought it back in-house. Okay, yeah. So you're liking it. Obviously, it's helpful, especially in the busy time. Definitely. Yeah. And then, okay, so then right now you're sort of focusing on, it's interesting, I, I like to say, because you, you mentioned this yesterday when we were on one of our live calls. In masterminds, I tend to see people doing the same thing, right? So we always have to put our blinders on when we're around a big group of people. But also there tends to be trends that happen. So I remember one year, a million dollar plus masterminders were all buying buildings. Another year, everyone was talking about getting warehouse. It was actually after 2020 when we were all kind of locked in our houses and everyone's like, you know, I want a factory or I want a warehouse. I want to kind of get a bigger space. So we all, everyone went and like got warehouses. And in this round we had introduced you all to the idea of marketing paid ads because when you're in multi-stream machine and you're a smaller business, it's not necessarily the thing that we recommend right away until you know what you're selling, you have good margins, you can keep up with the demand of ads and that you have the money to spend, right? Because I think people need good teams to help them with it and the money to spend for ads. But this group, you're all kind of qualified for that. So we started talking about ads and you've all hired ads teams, which I'm excited about because we're kind of in the beginning stages because we haven't seen the results happen yet, right? Like you've all kind of just been signing up now and we haven't seen it. So I'm excited to see what happens for all of you in the next couple of months when it kind of gets ironed out. But for you, it's really started to bring up some questions about product market fit, your brand positioning, who your customer is, because now that you're working with an external team and money's on the line, right? It's sort of this idea of, am I doing this right? Am I attracting the right people? Am I marketing in the right place? Because it's not just us posting on social and like being like willy nilly. It's not costing me anything more than my time. It's actually going to cost something. So let's kind of dig into some of your questions around how I can support you as you move into this next phase of business. Yeah. I think a big question I have is just like, honing in the messaging to attract the right clients. Like we had talked a little bit about, so it's easy for me to do on social, I think, because the brand voice has always just been me and what I'm saying. And so when it comes time to like having to tell someone else what the brand voice is and like who we're trying to attract it, I'm like, I don't know, like people kind of like me, people who are like, you know, similar to me in age range and that kind of stuff. So I think I just want to work on like maybe like developing some sort of like tagline or just like a couple of 
key phrases that would be helpful to to use in that messaging. Okay. So when I look at your Instagram at Brennan Candle Co., it's minimalist, quirky, fun, a candle for the unconventional consumer, one tree planted with every order. The one tree planted is not really telling me who this is for. So if we go to yeah. minimalist, quirky, fun, a candle for the unconventional consumer, let's break down the minimalist, quirky, fun. I know that your packaging feels minimalist. It's very clean. You've got new branding, bold letters. It feels like the kind of candle that would just slip into your decor and not stand out necessarily on purpose. So what parts of your business are quirky and fun? Yeah. So I feel like that kind of used to be a little bit more of what I did. And there are still like some candle names that are like a little bit tongue in cheek, but I don't think that's as much of a part of the brand as maybe it used to be. And honestly, even same with minimalist, like my I don't have one on hand, but like my old candles were like a black jar and they had like a big white label with like skinnier black letters. And we did stick with like somewhat minimalist branding going forward, but I think clean is probably more accurate than minimalist, but that's not really, okay. you know. Okay. And I think, but clean wise, like people won't understand clean unless right. they're thinking clean beauty, clean, that kind of thing. For sure. So where do you feel since we were kind of talking about three words, minimalist, quirky, fun. What if we were to kind of switch those words to what you're doing now, what words would that be for Brennan Candle Co.? So some of the ones that like I talked about with my designer who did the rebrand, we had, we did have minimalist on there. Approachable was one. Androgynous was one just because I wanted it to be something that appealed to both men and women because I do have men, women, and non-binary people who are my customers. I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones were mid-century inspired. But again, that's not something I would want to put as like a tagline. Androgynous is interesting because it's like, you know, it's not anybody owning a scent, right? It's just, it's scents that people enjoy that create a feeling. So I think what, why would I buy your candles? Let's get into why would I buy your candles and not any other candle company that exists out there? At least let's say in the price point that you're in. What's the why? I feel like honestly, that's always been a hard one for me to answer. Like I love my product. I stand behind my product. I think that everything is like really good quality. And there are things that I do differently, especially than like a lot of big box stores do. How about so, things you do differently? So the wax is 100% soy wax. So there's no paraffin or anything else in it. The fragrances that I use, I'm really particular and I only use suppliers that are paraben-free, phthalate-free, and also third-party tested for carcinogens which obviously, you know, that's something I have a history with. So we definitely, that's really important to me. Are you open to talking about that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So you had, you battled thyroid cancer back in 2019. I did. It was actually in 2021. So it was, I quit my job to go full-time with my business and within weeks found a lump on my throat that ended up being cancer. So it was a wild time. So you went through chemo, right? So actually no chemo with thyroid cancer. It's, I don't want to say it's nice, but it is nice because you basically just go into surgery. They remove your thyroid. Some people have to have like further treatments, but no chemo. Okay. So you did all of that and I'm sorry. And I'm so glad that you're okay now. And, but you did all of that and hit six figures. I did. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Other people are like, oh, then I don't have an excuse. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, God laughs at our plans, right? So that was 2021. And that is a part of your story. 
When you're trying to tease out what makes your brand unique, one method is to think about why you make the decisions you make in your business. We often run our business in a very unique way based on our own personal values or part of our story. For Valerie, she's passionate about using clean, safe ingredients because of her own history with cancer. It's not the primary part of her business, but it is important to tell her story and it helps Brennan Candle Co. stand out from the crowd. So don't be afraid to incorporate your personal story into your brand. So the ingredients you're using, because based on also the history of your own medical and like self-care, it's like we you want them to be healthy, right? Not bad right. for them. I know somebody who was burning crap candles and they ended up having like crazy allergy reactions to them, yeah. right? So like my husband bought a new body wash and I looked at it and I was, he's like, it's Palo Santo scented. I was like, that's great what are the ingredients, you know? And I was like, this isn't clean and everything we buy is kind of clean body products now. My makeup is clean. And so for that particular customer, they're aware of that. And then there will be, and you know, if you think about the shelves of cosmetic stores, there's a lot of shifting into clean products. Mm -hmm. I think for home, so for example, like what you're doing with candles, the general population may not know yet about candle ingredients and what it's yielding. And the people there are, there are people who know and they're already seeking that out and there's people who don't. So I think you're probably ahead of the game. A lot of you out there that are doing soy wax, natural fragrances, all the things. There is a level that we lean into the that part of it, but it's it may be the reason that they've start to buy your candles or they're aware and looking at the soy wax is this coconut wax. It still may not be the reason yeah. they buy your candle, right? Yeah. So let's keep going with some other differentiators that you feel like they would buy Brennan Candle Co. and not somebody else's? Yeah, I do think packaging has a big impact, especially with candles. Because like you were saying, there are a lot of especially small businesses out there who are leaning into cleaner ingredients, which is amazing. I'm so happy about that. So I think that there is something to be said for just like the visual component and like how it looks both in their home and the packaging itself. It's great for gifting because it comes in like a, you know, a cute little box that to me, I wanted to make it to where it doesn't look like it's from a company run by one person. You know, I wanted it to look more elevated than that. Yes. I, for so many years told my clients, my one-on-one clients, I was like, I want you to look like you're a million dollar company, even if it's just you. Yeah. So I do think when I see some things that are between successful businesses and not successful and the ones, when I say not successful, they haven't taken off as fast as they wanted to Mm -hmm. versus you have a good eye for aesthetic. Did you design your original packaging or did you just hire a designer? I designed the original. Original. Okay. So there's an aesthetic already that you have Mm -hmm. that I think is already a superpower, right? Some of us have that more naturally than others. If you have it, fantastic. If you don't, you want to hire somebody who has it. Yeah. And so I think part of your growth also was exactly that. Yes, you were a small business. Yes, you were a party of one doing all the things, but it came off like you were very aware of your visual presence. So whether it's like you said, the jar, the packaging, your website, your social media, that I could look at it and I would never know it was just like party of one you know, crying into wax, you know, like, (laughs) right. So I think that's a big differentiator as to why you have been successful because it looks more professional and more legit. So while you're a small business, it's not like, it looks like someone just slapped a label on it and poured some wax kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was always really important to me from day one. 
Yeah. So I think that's important to know, right? The success of your business has come to that. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of redo that. Like talk about it is the fact that your packaging, you thought you said a couple key things. It's giftable. Yeah. The jar is something that people would want to have out on display in their home because it is a home accessory. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about the fragrances. So when we're selling as an online business, they can't smell it. Yeah. Right. So do you think that you're like, you've been good at the descriptions of the scents or do you have a customer service element that you explain to people? Like, how are they buying candles that they've never smelled? So I think I do a pretty good job describing things. I try, especially via email more so than on the website to do kind of like a for fans of type situation. So it's, you know, if you like smells that are like more like cologne or things like that, this is going to be the one for you. I also try to kind of evoke feeling with a lot of the names of the candles. So like I have one called cozy. That's a new one. That's like very musky and warm and does evoke like a feeling of coziness for winter. I have one that's called fresh powder day. That's more of like a clean, bright evergreen type scent. So I try to kind of combine all of those things to get people to understand the smell a little bit better, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like when you watch a food show, right? Visually, you're watching a food show and then you're like, I need to eat something, right? Like you're watching a baking show. They're visually telling you with your eyes because you can see it. Yeah. But then if we were to talk about, you know, I, I ate a cupcake and like, oh, like the frosting was just that creamy frosting and it was so sweet when it hit your tongue and... And then you you bite into that sponge cake and then it's got that just taste of cocoa. You know, you start to describe the senses to the senses. People can still visualize it Mm -hmm. and they can start to taste it, right? That's why when we talk about lemons and people like pucker. So I think you're doing a really good job in terms of explaining the scent and evoking one emotion into the senses because that's you're selling something that is supposed to do that. Okay. Online marketing is all about communicating to your potential customer what the experience of using your product is like. This can sometimes be a creative challenge when your primary ways of getting that message across come in the form of images and words. If you're selling something that can only be experienced in person, the art of tapping into the senses is going to be essential to getting customers to click buy. The other half of that is knowing your ideal customer and gearing your marketing towards them specifically, which is what we're getting into now. So if we're going to get into kind of like your bigger question of your brand messaging, do you want to get into that now or do you have Yeah. I just had one other thing that I was going to mention. I also don't do a lot of like super sweet scents. Like I try to do things that are like more elevated and interesting combinations. So even I used to have a candle that was a coffee candle and it actually sold okay for me. It was a few customers kept it going, but I ended up when I did this rebrand, I discontinued it just because I felt like it was no longer on brand with what I was doing. So I'm trying to like keep the focus on those types of scents. Okay. So one thing to think about is, and, and so you and I were on, we were messaging each other because we were sort of talking about, you had described your candle as like a luxury candle. Mm-hmm. And I left you a whole long message about how I have a candle that I'm running out of that my sister-in-law gave me. And as I'm looking it up to buy another one, it's like $250. It's like, yeah. holy, 
I should have never burnt this candle, right? It should be treated <laughs> like gold. <laughs> but you should burn it. <laughs> I should burn it. That's why she gave it to me. It smells amazing. Yes. And, you know, this candle specifically has this jar that has like, it's almost like a piece of art. So mm-hmm. when I do burn the candle, it's a piece that could sit in my house versus a lot of the other candles I have that are just candles. And then we also mm-hmm. talked about my progression as a person where as I was growing, as we were in our twenties and thirties, we really wanted to have these like $30 candles. Those were aspirational to us. And now I I could buy a candle because we were talking about diptyque and candles that are $90. And that this $30 range of a candle is a little bit like a it's either aspirational to a lot of people or it's the candle they consume the most at $30. And then they're actually, their aspiration are the $90 candles. Yeah. And then once you get to 90, right, you keep going. That is, and I said, this is very similar to fashion. Same idea. Like Target, when you go into Target and you buy clothes at Target, they're still copying the trends mm-hmm. of what the designer brands are doing. And it, what it does is it makes fashion accessible when it comes to trend. And so for candles, we have to find the market fit So who are we positioning in front of that they're like, oh, I belong here. And then the why your candle and not someone else's. And so I think you're hitting really well on the idea of elevated and interesting. So those might be words that you hold on to and think about when you're in development of the product, because it's like, how is, is is this meeting elevated and interesting? Is there something different or like, and I use the word quirky. Mm -hmm. Right. But interesting could be the more mature way of saying yeah. it or the next level's way. And elevated is like, again, it's sense where you're like, it's not coffee. It's not necessarily strong scented jasmine or vanilla or things that are some typical, like there's notes of it, but then it's higher level. It, it intrigues the senses in a different way. Yeah. So those are for people who are connoisseurs of that. And we talked about your candle snob or your scent snob. And that it's very specific to that person. And even if that's like your target customer, there's always going to be the other variations of us. Yeah. So everyone can still be your customer, but there's going to be the person you're super targeting. That's like, yes, this, yes, you get exactly what I want and what I need. And then they're going to gift it to people, which will help other people discover it. But you're going for the gold standard for that particular customer. Okay. So we can dig into her or them a little bit more. I say her a lot because women tend to make the majority of the buying decisions. Sure. But we can also say we can dig into them. Have you done an ideal customer avatar or like, have you dug deeper in who this person is? I have. It's been a while since I've done that, but I still have a decent idea. And I would definitely say it's a woman. The majority of my customers are women, probably in her... 30s to maybe mid 40s, but can we give her an age? Can we just pick one? Yeah, I would say like 35. Okay. Does she have kids? This one is always tricky for me because I don't have kids. And so I'm always like, no, but then I'm like, but maybe my ideal customer does. I mean, most people who are 35 probably do. It's a birthing age, right? I remember it was. Yeah. (laughs) It's like one of those, like, you're like, is this really a real clock? Yeah, I would say <laughs> probably not. yes. That's okay, because if you're yeah. in LA, my friends all got married and had kids in their 40s. So it's like, yeah. we like anyone who doesn't want any pressure, like come over to LA. But all right, so she could have kids, but she could have older kids or, okay, so let's go two ways here. If she has older kids at 35, maybe she's got 10, 12-year-olds. I mean, she had kids in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. Or I had my second kid by the time I was 35. So I had my kid at 31 and 35 and I was very career-focused. And then I had kids 
a bit older. So do we want her to have, she's got younger kids, but she's been career focused? Yeah, I think that's more in line. Okay. I kind of agree. And the reason I say that, and now anyone listening, this is not, this is just trying to build out an ideal customer and there are assumptions that we make. They're not real, but we have to have an idea is that if a woman's making the buying decisions and she's been making her own money, she's making Mm -hmm. different choices. And she hasn't had to spend, you know, it's harder when you're younger, unless anybody like married rich when you're like in your twenties or you are wealthy. So for me, and like I said to you and my sister-in-laws as well, because there's five kids in my family, we were like aspirational. We were like, oh my God, I want a $30 candle or for gifts. That's what we would give each other. And so this is the, and I remember thinking to myself, I can't wait to buy a $30 candle because it was something that I felt like positioned me. It was like a marker of success, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like it's aspirational yeah. to a point. So that might be that she's, maybe she's got kids, maybe they're young because she had kids a little bit later, mm-hmm. but she was focused on her career. So she's got money to spend and she likes to, she still likes to treat herself with nice things. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So it does not ever mean that you have to market towards moms just because she is a mom. It's just understanding her priorities. So like when you're yeah. thinking about marketing, it could be this idea of for your corner right? Yeah. Like your, like treat yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And when you think about cozy, it's like, how do you want your home to feel? Because when you start to think about your messaging in that way, it might be encompassing of a family or encompassing of people with other people in their home, like hosting, but it's not so straight out, like you're single party, ready to mingle, like, yeah. you know, for when you throw your house parties kind of situation. Right. Yeah. That's I think it do, is for right? people who care about making their home a certain way and which obviously can be anyone, but yeah, I think it fits into that like mom situation. Yeah. And let's just say that you're not, but like your friends are your family and you're, you know, it's still the idea that she wants her home to feel Mm -hmm. a certain way, whether she's single or married or has kids, she wants it to feel a certain way when people come in and it might be that feeling of welcoming or cozy or interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the people who are my ideal customer are the ones who either come to markets or online and order the four pack that I offer. And some of them are buying it for themselves, but a lot of them I think are, you know, kind of putting it in their gift closet and they have it for hostess gifts or whatever they need later. Mm -hmm. So think about that too. So that also puts you at another level when you're, when you can afford to give gifts. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can afford to give $30 candles. And the recipient of those candles is like, wow, thank you for this. It's a little bit more of a posh gift. It's not like, you know, it's, I, I like giving candles. So I'm like, hey, they bring a bottle of wine or I bring a candle. Yeah. And so, especially when you're going into gifting, you could think about that too, because we're talking about a more mature customer that has, is like a connoisseur of sorts. So I want you to start to think about this customer, who she is and how she's a connoisseur of other things. So is she a connoisseur of, Let's say she does drink wine, but she's drinking the, it's like these organic growers. There's, it's missing certain things in them that like make people sick, like things like that. Right. So maybe she does. Cause she's also a census person. So she's like, oh, I understand how wine tastes. And then maybe how, what does her perfumes look like? What kind yeah. of perfume is she buying? Her linen. So I want you to start to really dig into understanding. Does she shop at CB2? Does she shop at anthropology? Like what does her home start to look like? And that's where you start to kind of evoke this, all of the senses from a visual, from a tactile, from a scent, from a taste. And you can start to think like, how else is she this? Because then you can really start to align your messaging, your visuals, everything 
with a woman who is a scent snob in the nicest of ways, or maybe she's not. Maybe we take it from snob to connoisseur. Yeah. You know, what resonates with you there? Yeah, it's, I mean, I tend to prefer snob because I do think it's still a little bit cheeky and like a little bit fun. And I think I mentioned this to you. I've had a lot of customers say that to me. Like they'll come up to me at a market. They've never purchased from me before. They smell everything. And they're like, oh my God, I'm a candle snob. And these all smell so good. There's not a single one that I dislike. And I always tell them, I'm like, you're my favorite kind of person. Like I love when candle snobs appreciate my product because I know you know what you're talking about. So it's, to me, that resonates with me a little bit more. And it seems like it resonates with my customer. Okay, great. And then what else have the have your customers said to you? Because I think a lot of times we skip out and we don't we we hear it, but we're not listening. And we can use that language back when it comes to our marketing towards our customers. So is there anything else you've heard people say a lot? I mean, it's kind of a lot of generic stuff, but I'll get reviews that are like, oh my God, these are the best candles ever. You have to buy them. A lot of I like every single one of these. I can't believe it kind of thing. And I think that is because I've honed in on certain families of scents versus doing, you know, I don't do everything. I don't have a sugar cookie candle at Christmas kind of thing. Right. Right. Okay. Um, So there's going to be an element of you needing to really keep digging into this, like Lalabo. Do you know that company? Yeah, I do. So if you walk in there, they make it kind of feel like a lab, right? Mm -hmm. You walk in, you kind of mix your own things. It has like these brown bottles and it's an experience. So I would look into them. They're more expensive, but I want you to just think, what I want you to start to think about is the experiential side of Brennan Candle Co. Okay. Because as you start to think, what is this experience? If I were to have a space and they were to come in, how would the space make them feel? Because that's how you can, when you start to think about that, you can transfer that into your online presence as well. So Lalabo is a really good one for that. Joe Malone is in a lot of department stores. And they're very much like they have their new scents out and it's their fragrances for mm-hmm. your body as well as candles. But you go and it's like got a clean scent and it's bright and they're expensive and people buy them because maybe they don't know, like some the scents are also interesting. So starting to think about the overall feeling of Brennan Candle Co. If it were to be a space, so maybe you want you to start to think about building that out in your mind, doing a vision board, something so you can start to think, what is this experience? Because if they are a fragrance snob, mm-hmm. How can I continue to make this that? A brand that's really good at this feeling is Love Shack Fancy. Oh, I don't think I'm familiar Do you follow her? No. So when you look up Love Shack Fancy, she has really like floral dresses, very kind of boho. She added fragrance with the world of fashion and fragrance, Love Shack Fancy Boutiques. And if you look at it, it's like all bows and pink and florals and blue and just like so much sweet pink. That even if you follow the owner, she it's Beck NYC. She's got it tagged and you follow her. She mm-hmm. lives in the Love Shack Fancy world. Her brownstone in New York, her kids' bedding, like everything is so far one direction. And when you walk in the store, you also feel that. So if you can evoke this feeling, that's where you start to turn more into a brand mm-hmm. than just a candle company. When they know the experience they're going to get. And so I know you're like, well, how do I do this with just candles and jars and stickers? But when you start to really feel like you feel the world that you're creating, mm-hmm. it will it can come out in so many other ways when you think about your branding, your marketing, your visual presence, 
the experience as a whole with your brand. Okay. So I just, I'm going to share that one with you because I just think it's so extreme Mm -hmm. and they've grown so fast since 2020. They've been around for a long time, but just it is, it is, you take it or you leave it. You're in or you're out. Yeah. Hey, hey, product boss. Okay, so it is podcast recommendation time. And this month, I am so excited to share Latinx Empower, hosted by Teisa Fernandez and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Latinx Empower is a podcast that features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America and the Caribbean. Having the perspective of Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields is so invaluable. And they're aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives. And I don't know about you, but I love to listen to podcasts that interview leaders in different industries because you never know what nugget of advice you can pick up and apply to your own business. So I really love this recent episode titled From Legos to Microsoft with Pablo Veramendi. Pablo is the director of audience evangelism at Microsoft. Yes, the Microsoft. And in this episode, Pablo discusses his Hispanic identity, passion for building communities through technology, and insights on the future of technology. And he even teased some upcoming projects at Microsoft. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. When it comes to branding, too many product bosses are afraid of exclusion. They think that if they turn up the personality too much, they'll start to push people away. Let's get rid of that scarcity thinking now. To be clear, I don't think that's what Valerie is doing, right? She's a pretty clear target market of candle snobs. But what I'm encouraging her to do, and if this goes for all of you listening as well, is to get even more out there and even more specific with your brand messaging. So I want you to think, who is she? And when she comes to you and she says, wow, I love every single one of these, you want to create, keep creating that. And then you also then want to think from a marketing standpoint, what is the hook or what is the reason if this person sees your ad come across their social, what's the thing that's going to make you stand out? So do you want to go over kind of what 
the team gave you that we could like work sure. it out? Yeah, that would be great. So what they sent me, this was kind of like the main copy for the ad. And then it had like headlines for each photo. Like, you know, when you click through it, it's like a slideshow or whatever. But the headlines were kind of just like re like just copying the headline again. So they sent over immerse yourself in luxury with handcrafted elegance, diverse scents, clean burning and long lasting candles. Okay. So right away, elegance and luxury don't work. Yeah, I agree. So based on everything we've talked about, so what happens at this point in growth, especially when it's no longer like when you do it yourself and you're a solopreneur and you're doing all your marketing, you're like, it just comes out of you naturally. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to bottle that yeah. and package it and hand it to someone else and be like, can you get what I'm saying here? For sure. So you may want to do a whole sheet of words that were, are Brennan Candle Co. and words that you do not use. Okay. We say snob. We don't say connoisseur. We say elevated and interesting. We don't say different. And then you could also do a whole section of what you take a stand against. Okay. We don't. We like, we don't believe in anyone that sells cookie candles. This is totally fine. But your business, we don't do, we don't do basic, right? Oh yeah. We don't do typical. Like you're not, if you're looking for a typical scent, go to the booth next door, find another person. We're not typical. We're not basic. And so you start to kind of put a flag down and say like, this is what I am and this is what I am not. And when you can get stronger in your conviction of that, and you can say that back to somebody, mm-hmm. then when they're creating your ad language, they're not saying luxury handcrafted elegance. It's not the essence of the brand. And so you're, again, you're just starting with them and they're trying to piece it together and you don't even know you haven't bottled it up yet. Right. Yeah. So I would do a word doc of words that you feel. And, and I would go back through your reviews, your testimonials. Okay. What would you naturally say? And say, these are words we would use. And these are words customers use to describe us. These are phrases they say. These are things they would never say about us. And this is what we wouldn't do. And sometimes it's easier to say we are not than we are. So you might start with what we're not first. Okay. And then find the other side of it. Okay. So when you can define and bottle up what Brennan Candle Candle Company is and what it is not, it starts to give it a more defining like brand presence. Mm-hmm. And then your team can come in and work with that. You can also do visuals of what you are and what you're not. Again, sometimes it's really easy to go with no before yes. Yeah. So you might be like, we're not love shack fancy. right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is like the most and floral and frills. Just giving you an example. We're not Joe Malone. We're this. Or maybe we are Joe Malone, but we're for the younger person. We, or we are diptyque, but this is why we're different. So you can kind of, you can say who you're like and who you're not like, and it can be within your category of candles and fragrance, or it could be just a fragrance, not candle. And then you could also look to like houseware brands or home brands and be like, she would buy these kind of plates. She would not buy these kinds of plates. Okay. And do you feel like that was more for me, or do you think that I should send them that kind of stuff too, like visual things? Once you figure it out, I would send them the visuals. It could be simple where you put who your, your ideal customer is. You could put a snippet or language of who, like a little bio about you, who you are, who you serve, or like what your mission is. 
keywords, and then you could say like words we are, words we're not, visuals that we are, visuals that we're not. Okay. And it gets really clear and defined for them because now they're like, okay, yeah, we were totally off the mark here. Okay. There is a company um, that's a 4SLs right now. There's two, Replica is one brand that's really blowing up because it's natural perfumes because perfumes are very unhealthy for people, but they're replicas of bigger names of stuff that you like. And then the other one called By Rosie Jane, and it's all clean fragrance. They do a fragrance pack, which I had been given as a gift. They're all named after like people. And they're just, they're scents, they're light scents and they're, it's all clean. So what I also want you to do, and I think By Rosie Jane might have more similar branding to you. So look for a similar customer aligned brand. So looking at these two brands, because they sell at Sephora. So Sephora is you know, they know what's selling. They have so much consumer data. Like we'll go with that. So a similar person who buys fragrances for her body, if you can find that, then you will also then be able to find the same customer for your candles. Okay. And a cool thing when you get into ads is if you can tell them brands that your customer would shop from, ads do lookalike audiences. So you can target a lookalike audience. So let's just say this company had a really big following and they could find them. So your ads company has to figure it out. Like some of these will work. So like, for example, we can do a lookalike audience to anyone that uses Shopify. So then as a product-based business coach, if you use Shopify, then we can target people who use it because it's a big enough bucket. Yeah. And and I say target and you're all like, what, you're targeting me? No, it's just that we're getting in (laughs) front of the right customers with similar aligned things, right? The things that they like, but you as a product business, you have to think, well, who is my customer and what is she following? And what does she like? And if they can find a pool that's similar to that, then they can get in front of them as well. Okay. So knowing these fragrance brands might also help you with positioning. I would follow their social. I'd opt into their emails. I would abandon carts. I'd look at the visuals they're using and I would think, okay, who is their customer? How are they targeting it? How do I do the same thing? Okay. Yeah, I've kind of done that a little bit with the brand voicemails. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Mm -hmm. with them, because I do think they have a somewhat similar audience to me. I think that theirs is a little bit like they gear towards men a little bit more and they're a little more risque, I guess. I don't really know what else, what other phrasing to use, but I do think that it's like they have a very similar price point and not similar packaging, but like I can see the same type of person enjoying both, if that okay. makes sense. And so for Rosie Jane, which is funny, I just went on Instagram and they're following us. So if you're listening, <laughs> send me a DM. I was like, oh, because I'm a fan. But so if I look at their stuff, they have like really clean, it's clean mm-hmm. bottles. So if they were to be looking at another brand, they're looking at, you know, clean beauty maybe. And the essence of what a clear glass jar means. Yeah. It feels clean. You can see the product inside. So these are all things that evoke needs, wants, desires, or solve problems for customers. Mm-hmm. So again, they may not be exactly aligned, but it's a similar customer if they're looking for clean and fragrance. Yeah. So Boy Smells is another candle company, right? Yeah, it is. But their name is very specific. We're looking for Boy Smells, which means I am not going for what typical would be called like a girl smell. Right. So it's a genius brand name. Yeah, it is. 
it just tells you everything you need to know. There it says modern sense for gender full identities. Indulge your dualities. Okay. So there's so much said there. Modern sense for gender full identities, and they've trademarked that. Indulge your dualities. So it's the idea of the dual, the mm-hmm. both and, the feminine and masculine side, all wrapped up in a scent. And it's so specific. So the same thing is going to go for you as you're really getting deeper and deeper into what Brennan Candle Co. is. Like you're able to bottle it up into words that you, you say it and they know. I see how you're like similar in, in, it's different packaging. It's not the same, but similar. But they're about, like they said, indulge your dualities. This is what we were talking about before. You're either in or you're out. I know it could be scary to exclude people, but it's what will make your brand mean something. Valerie puts it beautifully herself. I think that's one thing that I really want to work on too is repelling the right people too. And I, of course, you know, you know what I mean by that. I don't mean that I don't appreciate everybody, but it's just with my old packaging, especially like I felt like it didn't say anything like it was fine, but it had no, I was like, anybody could like this or dislike, I don't know. It just said nothing. And so with the new stuff, I wanted to really make sure that it was like going to attract people, but also have some people be like, uh, not for me. So I think I need to do the same thing with messaging. Yes. We want to repel people. We don't want to be for everybody because if we're for everybody, nobody knows who we're for. Yeah. Right. And what we want people to do is we want them to walk. We've done this when we've walked stores or you're shopping or whatever, and you go into a store and you like the ones that you just turn around and leave and take a peek and you're like, (laughs) okay, yeah, not for me. And you leave. That's, we want that. Right. And we want the people who are like, oh, cool. And they go deeper into the store. So we want the people who see it and we want them to come in and people, if you're thinking about this from a place of scarcity, you're like, no, I want everybody. So I'm going to have everything for everyone. Then nobody knows what you're actually selling. And that's where you don't grow as a brand. So I think that's a little bit of work you can do. Now I use my friend chat GPT for AI. We've been talking a lot about AI. We've done this in uh, multi-stream machine next level in the mastermind. I'm starting to teach you guys how to use it, but with ChatGPT4 now, it can actually crawl websites. It used to not be able to do that. So when I asked about your company, it said, Burning Candle Co. is a hand-poured candle company known for its clean burning products. Their candles are made with 100% soy wax and are vegan, cruelty-free, phthalate-free, and made with lead and zinc-free wicks. The soy wax used is all natural, non-toxic, and grown in the USA without any petroleum or paraffin. So a lot of that is very, it's like, okay, yeah, you're healthy for me, mm-hmm. but it still hasn't said, so you're only a clean burning product, which I love. And it's going to be the deciding factor, but they're going to have to also want the sense, right? And want yeah. the look. Yeah. So it's founded in 2018 by Valerie. The company has grown to specialize in unique scent blends and feature a minimalist design suitable for any home. Their signature collection offers year-round scents while their limited edition collection showcase seasonal themes. Burning Candle Co. is a woman-owned business emphasizing handcrafted quality and eco-friendly practices. Which all that is true. But it is. it's just not quite what I want to be like my main thing. Okay, so let's dig deeper into this AI. So I put, I want to build a brand story using the words elevated and interesting scents for the candle snob. Let's see what it says. Yeah, that's kind of what's been like rattling in my head the last couple of days is like something, something for the candle snob, but I haven't figured mm-hmm. out what the like something, something at the beginning is yet. 
So it's not always, it takes a while to get this thing knowing enough, and I'm not going to do it all like in three minutes online, but it says to craft a brand story for Brennan Candle Co. that appeals to the candle snob with a focus on elevated and interesting scents, consider the following narrative. So Brennan Candle Co., an elevated experience for the discerning nose. So discerning nose, it may not be the right wording for the 35-year-old. Nose isn't that sexy, right? But I think it's a place to start to think about it. Yeah. Because it's using the word discerning a lot. It says, in the heart of the artisanal world, where the discerning candle swab seeks more than just a flicker of light, Brendan Candle Co. emerges as a beacon of sophistication and sensory delight. So it kind of starts to go in and it goes, well, what sets our candles apart are the scents. Elevated, intriguing, and always captivating. Our sing- signature collection is a testament to timeless sophistication, offering scents that transcend seasons and trends. For those who crave novelty, our limited edition collections are a sensory exploration, capturing the essence of each season in a jar. So it just kind of starts to get your brain going. Mm-hmm. Whenever I use it, I swear it thinks I'm a pirate because it's always like, it's got a treasure trove of ideas, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> in a sea of service-based advice, and I'm always like, hey, no more of the ocean analogies. But what you can do is you can start to think about this and say like, well, I don't like the word discerning nose or I'm not really necessarily sophisticated. I'm this. So I think the further you get with that word identification, what you are and what you're not, you can plug all of that information into a chat GPT and it could start to build out the idea. And once you start to find that messaging, you could then say like, create a headline, create a caption, create a an Instagram bio even. Yeah. So it just might be that brainstorm. That's what I like about, about the AI right now is that it's like a brainstorming person with me mm-hmm. because it's collecting information from the internet, the vast knowledge of the internet. And it starts to just boil things down because I can't always get to the idea immediately. But if I get into conversation, if I start to see examples, I know what I don't want. Yeah. And at least I could start saying what I don't want and start to find the words that I do want. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was, it was like when I read this thing from the ad company, I was like, I get what they're saying. I get why they would say that. But I was like, this is not it. Like, I know this yeah. is wrong. So I have to figure out what's right. ChatGPT isn't going to be replacing professional copywriters anytime soon. But for scrappy small business owners, it can be a great springboard for ideas and act as a brainstorming partner for your business. Once you have some words to work with, it's a lot easier to decide what sounds right or wrong and tweak things from there. So I think that's what I want you to do. I think, and obviously we can keep working together on it because you're in the mass range with me. But like, I think what I want you to do is light a candle. (laughs) Then, you know, you could pull out a Pinterest board. There's so many people sending magazines right now for the holidays, like gift guides and stuff. I want you to find visuals of where she would live, who she is, looking across different types of categories following their Instagram saying like, and then for yourself, just saying these are words of customers have used. crawl through your testimonials. Think about the words they've used. I know you're doing in persons, hear them, listen, write it down. And then you can use those words back to people. If they're saying something, they're telling you already what they see. And then you'll kind of know who you are and who you're not visually, who you are as a brand and the words you use and the words you don't use. And then if you want to keep using AI to kind of boil it down for you, you can, but at least you can give that very clearly to your ads team. And then they can start to work with how they interpret it 
in a different way as well to help you find your messaging. Okay, great. But it might be more than just them to come up with it because they're not the brand builders or the advertisers, sure. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any follow-up to that? I don't think so. I feel like I got a lot of work ahead, but I think it'll be fun work. So that's exciting. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> so just play with it. Even if you, none of this has to be serious, yeah. right? You could just kind of, but you, as you start to hear words, I know we're in busy season and we're recording this right before Black Friday. So it's not like you have the most time, but if it can be more of like a playful or if you're in a creative time, yeah, in put a timer, do an hour of it. Just see what you get to in an hour. It will be so much further than if you don't do it at all. Yeah. And I started a little bit of this, like when I was doing this rebrand. So I feel like I do have like a little bit of a baseline. I just need to add to it based on what we talked about today. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I think your rebrand's beautiful. Thank you. I have eight of your candles now that thank you for sending to me. So I'm really excited to light all of those. I mean, the boxes are so pretty. I love, they remind me of Pantone because it's white with like the color. Uh Uh-huh. And I love like the Pantone mugs and all those things. So I, I I love that. There's color. That's another part of your business. Yes. The package has color, even though the product is. So yeah, I think you're in a really good place to keep it going. And this is this evolution of your brand. Now that you're like a multi six-figure business on your way to becoming a million-dollar business, this is where you're getting into that like brand refinement. What got you to where you are is so great that you now have the space that you can be the visionary and start to think, how do I want to refine my brand? How do I want to stand out in this market? I made it this far. Now you're going to just get better at it. Yeah, 100%. All right. So how how can I listeners support you, shop from you, and follow you? Where is it all happening? Yeah, so I am Brennan Candle Co. literally everywhere. Most active on Instagram, working on TikTok, and brennancandleco.com is my website. Amazing. So grab the holiday scents because they're so good and all the regular stuff as well. And then message Valerie, let her know you heard her and how great she was. Cause I know it's like always nerve wracking, but you've done such a great job and I'm so proud of you and the business you've built. And I'm just so excited to see what's next for you as well. Me too. Thank you so much for everything. Valerie was amazing. She's done a lot of work branding her business already, but it can still be daunting to start expanding your team, handing over responsibilities while keeping the brand as a reflection of yourself. I love her story and her resilience. And I know that with some of the things we talked about today, she'll climb even higher. As for you, listener, what was your biggest takeaway? Was it finding the courage to repel people who aren't your ideal customers? Or was it how to effectively represent your personality when other people are writing your copy or your ads? Whatever you took away from this, know that I'm rooting for you. I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram. So I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway. Just message me at the product boss on Instagram. And if this resonated with you, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review for the podcast, follow the show and send this to somebody that you think it would help as well. Thank you so much. And remember my friends, action takers are money makers and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. 
And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts, and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.